Rick Moon Fiction presents Moments with the Dead by Jason D. April Narrated by Nicholas Thurkettle Restlessness had hounded him for the last three days. Chris couldn't help twitching nervously, waiting for the bus. No car and a downward spiral of events over the last few months had provoked his fight-or-flight response. He was, after some contemplation, opting for flight. He wasn't even sure where to go. He'd figure it out when he got there, like always. Looking down at his phone, Facebook was notifying him someone had tagged him in a post. A tap and slide made him sigh. It was her. Again. Angela. It was a selfie he hadn't seen before, her eyes wide with worry, her mouth slightly agape. What the f... Chris muttered to himself. The selfie started posting to his wall around six months ago, just before everything started to go sideways. Most of them were images of her face, forlorn and beautiful. Some were of when they were together almost three years ago, both of them looking happy and in love. Some were even portrait shots he'd taken on whatever phone he'd owned at the time. Others were completely new, where her emotional state would alarmingly mirror whatever situation he was in at the time they posted. These shots, the ones he'd never seen, were the most disturbing, especially considering Angela died almost a year ago. There was never any text, no comments, no description, just the image at first, Chris had thought it was a joke until he saw a picture of her that shouldn't exist. It was at the Golden Gate Park. Her face took up most of the image, but sure enough, there in the background, barely there, he saw himself. It was from that morning. He'd thrown up for the next hour, trying to work out what the hell was going on. It had to be a doctored photo, a fake but if it was, even trained graphic artists couldn't find the telltale flaws that made up photoshopped images. So, slowly, eventually, Chris just descended into the acceptance that Angelo was haunting him over social media. And maybe he was letting her. She'd been the closest to the one, but he drifted as usual. Just ghosted away, chasing after some ambiguous new dream without realizing the emotional wreckage he had a history of leaving in his wake. Chris at least took small solace in the fact that he'd realized he should come back and try to work it out before she died. She just happened to die right before he got back. Chris had seen the body. Her parents were gone, she had no relations in the city, so a co-worker, who clearly thought they were still together, referred the cops to him. She was bruised and battered from the accident, but still her, still beautiful and mysterious. He had just nodded, dumbstruck and staring at her face. He left and couldn't remember where he'd gone or how he made it home the next day. The sound of loud, poorly maintained air brakes broke his trance. He looked up to see the bus doors open, a surly man at the wheel staring at him irritably. Chris stepped up onto the bus, looking the guy over. He tried not to be startled by the driver's cheap, mottled, plastic prosthetic right arm. A quick glance at the grease-stained uniform and name tag revealed his name to be Hank. Chris paid his fare, nodded at Hank, and moved to an empty seat in the middle of the bus. He looked around. There were only a handful of other passengers. A few rows up, he watched a young woman he'd glanced at coming on. She had dark brown, slightly wavy hair, a loose sleeveless, and tight shorts. 
Her head was facing down, trying, he guessed, to desperately appear entrenched in whatever she was reading on her screen. She reminded him more than a little of Angela. The bus moved in a jarring, uncomfortable way, the driver seemingly intent on hitting every pothole on the road. Chris felt his phone buzz slightly and looked down. Another update. From her. Lately it was always her. He hesitated before tapping the alert. This one was different. It was her. All of her. In that pretty blue and yellow sundress with all the small flowers on it. It didn't even count as a selfie, showing her from head to bare feet. She was standing by what was clearly a bus stop, though not the one he had just stepped on from. Her arms forward, her hands looked like they were beckoning him closer. The look on her face was still sad, still desperate, as if trying to convey a message he clearly couldn't understand. The phone's screen flicked and notified him his feed had updated again. Tapping the feed button, it quickly scrolled up to show a new picture. This one was a selfie again, her eyes wide, tears streaming, her hands covering her mouth as if stifling a scream. What do you want from me? He said aloud, much to his embarrassment. The girl two rows up looked up from her phone at him for a moment. He grimaced shyly as she looked back down again. He put the phone on mute and tapped the side button to turn the screen off. Closing his eyes, Chris leaned his head back to rest on the top of the seat and let the phone slip down off his thigh. He wanted to be able to shut his brain off and just sleep, but knew that wouldn't happen. Chris had always floated through, getting through other people's emotional storms unscathed. He had a lifetime of experience watching the pitfalls of other people's lives, while moving in and out of their lives like a ghost or a summer breeze. He'd never been comfortable with the messiness of it all. Staying was messy and complicated. It meant accepting that was all there was. It meant the end of adventure. At least that's what he'd convinced himself then. Now, though, it was all too much. Jobless, damn near homeless. Long-time friends and companions locking him out after years of relying on them. One crisis at a time he could handle. Everything at once was just too much. And that didn't even take into account being haunted or harassed, whichever it turned out to be. He couldn't help but laugh at the idea that a ghost stalking him was somehow far down the list of important things to worry about. In truth, if he was being absolutely honest with himself, which almost never happened. He liked being haunted. It had a wonderful maudlin and dramatic quality to it that suited him. Here was a woman who couldn't leave, but couldn't get close either. He could pine for her, regret her, use those tragic emotions to make himself more appealing to other women. It was, in its way, the most perfect mechanism for angst he could have ever thought up. Except he didn't think it up, and that bothered him. Assuming it was some elaborate hoax, a near-genius-level bit of deception, who the hell would want to go through the effort? That's what really didn't make sense. Was someone angry at him for not being there for Angela? Did they somehow blame him for her death? None of it made sense. Indeed, assuming it was her, a literal ghost in the machine, somehow made more sense than the alternatives. He opened his eyes and looked out the window. He could see the bay in the background as the bus stopped again. Chris looked up to see who was getting on and gasped. He grabbed his phone from where it fell on the seat and unlocked it. The picture was still there. The bus station. It was this one. He shook his head and stood up, 
just as the doors shut and the bus started again. He watched the bus move past the stop and as it fell behind, for just a second, amidst the sun hitting the glass, he swore he saw her. Arms out waving in panic, crying out wordlessly, then nothing. Just a woman he didn't know passing through the spot where Angela might have been. Chris noticed the woman ahead staring up at him, then saw the other passengers looking at him expectantly, as if waiting for him to do something crazy. Even the driver was eyeing him suspiciously through the rearview mirror. He knew his expression of shock and confusion must make him look crazy, so he tried to smile and nod his head, sitting as quickly as possible. It had to be the lack of sleep and the mental duress. It was making him see things, which was never a good sign. Maybe it was just a side effect from a bad hit, but he hadn't taken anything that could cause those kinds of symptoms in at least a week. Chris stared out the window, watching buildings and cars go by, feeling very worried. New pictures started coming in waves now. Angela standing by street signs he knew he'd pass, then bus stations he didn't realize were ahead until they were behind. At one point, he caught the station just before as the bus slowed to a stop to pick up an elderly woman with a bustling batch of groceries. He looked in shock at the image on his phone and saw Angela standing solemnly just behind the old woman at the stop. He tried to move forward to get past her, but the woman gave him a scolding look, muttering something about not getting any help nowadays, and by the time he could get around her, the bus was already in motion again. Chris caught a strange look from the bus driver reflected in the rearview mirror as he sat back down. He felt foolish and oddly ashamed, as if he should be able to control his world better and that he was somehow letting her down, letting a dead woman down. It seemed like that ship should have sailed a year ago. Yet here he was, doing it anyway. He stared down at the phone. It was silent now. No blinking lights, no new pictures, no emails, no social updates. It was as if, for a moment, his whole world had stood still, Chris looked up to see the bus accelerating to the on-ramp of the Bayshore Freeway. The bus hit the freeway, easily pushing 70. The bus would hit the Oakland Bridge soon enough. It wasn't as far away from the city as he wanted to go, but Chris was already formulating an escape route in his head, and he hoped he still knew some people down this way that might not immediately shun him. He hoped. Just a break. A breather to get his feet on the ground again, out of this stress-fueled limbo, that's all it would take. A week, a girl, a lot of drinks, and a few new gigs, and it'd all come out right. Just like always, he nodded, trying to make himself believe it. The bridge appeared in sight, and to him, it was a symbol of salvation, escape, and freedom. It was the start of something new, and new was always good. He sat up straighter now, feeling more confident. His phone vibrated, shocking him out of a trance he hadn't realized he was in. He looked down, hoping it was anything but what it was. It was an animated gif this time. That was new. She was mouthing something. She looked angry and terrified, waving her arms as if directing him. He couldn't understand what she was saying, though. There was no sound, no other prompts. She had tears streaming down her face. Either someone was a cruel and cold-hearted bastard or the universe was just an asshole. He watched her yelling at him in an infinite loop wanting to cry, wanting to scream, wanting to know why the fuck this was happening to him. Another update, as the bus hit the bridge. Another gif, but it made no sense. It was her again, of course, but clearly outside the bus window. His window. 
He looked up at the window, suppressing a cry. Nothing. Just the bridge lanes and the water beyond that. In the image, she was banging on the window, but it wasn't in the same place. The background was so murky, with dark, indistinguishable shapes floating beyond her. Her hair was dancing slowly around her, suspended, and bubbles violently erupted when she opened her mouth to scream, Water! He didn't get it at first. She was in the water, banging on his bus window. His breath stopped sharply and he looked up as someone screamed. Chris just had time to see the bus collide with a tractor trailer that had jackknifed. He felt his body lift and collide as the trailer shoved the bus violently over the side barriers. It all happened so fast, he didn't really even understand what was happening. There was a violent crushing sound, and suddenly the sound of rushing water overcoming screams and anguished murmurs. He hit the metal bar of the headrest in front of him and managed to hold on. He could taste blood in his mouth, and his chest and right leg felt like they were on fire. His gaze turned to the window, and he saw her. Suspended in the dark water, white dress slowly moving in the undercurrents like an angel's wings. She had a deep, tragic expression on her face. She just stared at him as the water rose, covering his mouth, then his nose, and Chris began to violently panic, convulsing, trying to scream under the water, swallowing more, pounding on the window. She drew closer, placing her hand flat on the outside of the window, and Chris felt a strange certain calm fall over him. He was transfixed by her, putting his hand against the glass, against hers. Somewhere, Chris could hear the sound of failing breath and a fading heart. There was a brief blackness. Then there she was in front of him. No bus. No glass. Just the two of them staring at each other, hands clasped. It's okay, she whispered somewhere in his mind. We're together now. Jason D. April has been writing professionally for over 20 years, mostly in nonfiction. You can find his bylines appearing on such sites as Playboy, Paste Magazine, Motherboard, Upload VR, and others. Occasionally, he even lets bits of fiction escape out into the wild. Jason does not tweet. Moments with the Dead was written by Jason D. April last October for our horror-themed anthology. You can hear the companion pieces in earlier podcasts titled Window Seat and Plunged. Moments with the Dead was not previously released because it was too fucking scary. If you like what you hear, please give us a review on iTunes as it helps us find a bigger audience. For more information on Brick Moon and special offers, sign up for the Brick Moon Fiction newsletter at brickmoonfiction.com. Thank you for listening.